In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and never shall be. On this, the second Sunday of Great Lent, the Church presents before us to commemorate and celebrate St. Gregory Palamas. He lived in the 1400s. He was an Archbishop of Thessalonica, but he is put here because he is a hesychast. A hesychast is somebody who practices silence and prayer. Okay, He is not a quietist, so to speak, but he is one who draws close to God through the practice of the Jesus prayer, also known as the prayer of the heart. Prayer, of course, is one of the main things that we focus on during Lent. So why would the church, why wouldn't the church give us someone to celebrate who was um, a pillar of prayer and a herald of grace because of that prayer? I'm not going to talk about the life of St. Gregory much at all today. I would really actually like to talk about prayer and what it means to make a beginning of prayer. And so what I have done is I have actually taken excerpts from the book The Beginnings of a Life of Prayer by Bishop Irene Steenberg. And um, it's a fantastic book. And I've gone through and I've highlighted some excerpts. I could read the whole book to you and we still wouldn't cover everything there is to cover about, about prayer. So what I'm about to say is merely introductory. It is not exhaustive. But I think it's really important. It's really important that we remember that prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about relationship with the living God, with the uncreated God. Prayer is not about simply reciting words from a book that we think will make our life better. That's witchcraft. Okay? Now, we say prayers from a book so that we can learn how to pray. Right? But prayer is about more than just reciting words from a book. It's about relationship with God. It's about relationship with divine person. Imagine, imagine being married to somebody and the whole relationship is this. Every morning you wake up, you say, Good morning, dear. I hope you have a good day. And then you say, Wow, I've done my part. And then at the end of the day, you say, Good night, dear. I love you. That's, that's a sham of a marriage, right? That's not relationship. We laugh at that because of how preposterous, it is, how preposterous it is. And yet, how often is that the type of thing that we reduce our relationship to God to? How many times do we reduce our time of prayer as something that's obligatory? Something that's actually a burden to us? Or how many times do we say, well, I don't get anything out of it, so I'm not going to do it. 
Well, that's not relationship either. That's self-love, right? Remember a few weeks ago I said we have to go from self-love to self-emptying love. And prayer is about emptying ourselves of our ego so that there's room for Christ and the Holy Spirit. Salvation, according to the Orthodox Church, is not simply a golden ticket, like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The golden tickets get you into the chocolate factory, remember? Salvation is not simply the golden ticket. Salvation is union and communion with God. St. Theophon the Recluse says the goal of the Christian life is to draw near to God and dwell in union with Him. And this is what we do when we pray. And any prayer that we offer in this life will hopefully draw us closer to God. And any life of prayer, any habit of prayer in this life is merely the beginning. Because as we experience the glory of God, the uncreated energy of God, as St. Gregory Palamas experienced the uncreated light, which is God Himself, as we experience that grace in prayer, it draws us closer to God. And St. Paul says, in heaven we will go from glory to glory. It's never ending. We never reach the end. We never plumb the depths. It's always the tip of the iceberg. So even someone like St. Gregory Palamas, who's a pillar of prayer, a mountain of prayer compared to most of us, he's still just scratching the surface compared to the deep, intimate, communal relationship he will have with the Lord in the world to come. So no matter, no matter how discouraged we become when we pray or how bad our prayer life is, we should always try to turn back. We should always try to make a beginning knowing that God always welcomes us with open arms. And prayer is about so much more than emotion, right? Sometimes your prayer has emotion, but we go for something much deeper. We go for communion. We, prayer is communication with God, with the goal being communion with God. So, with that in mind, I'm going to read now these excerpts from the book, The Beginnings of a Life of Prayer. The beginnings of prayer reside in the desire of the heart to know God. The beginnings of prayer do not reside in a method in a specific style or form of practice. They are a cry of the heart, a longing of the soul. If you have discovered this longing within yourself, even if its precise shape or source or focus remains unknown to you, then you have within you the seeds from which prayer can grow. Prayer is the call of God to the heart and the response of the heart to God. I'll read that again. Prayer is the call of God to the heart and the response of the heart to God. Prayer is a mystery. It can be attained only in a mystery. 
We must never forget this essential mystery at the heart of prayer. We must never let our weakened minds see prayer as simply a conversation, as a mere exchange of words. These are the tools of prayer at certain levels, but the depth of prayer is the quiet rest of the heart, hesychasm, the quiet rest of the heart in loving communion with its maker. Prayer is the union of a finite being with God whose nature is infinite and whose existence is eternal. The beginnings of prayer reside in the desire of the heart to know God, to rest with Him at every moment. But growth in prayer requires that we make out of this desire a life-changing course of action. It requires that we so order our lives that the heart can know God and no longer be stripped of His glory and driven from His presence by our sin. It requires that we so shape our days that the heart may find rest in the Lord, whereas now it finds false rest and solace in so many other things. The life in Christ cannot be theoretical, nor can our prayer. We can't just say, yeah, I'm supportive of prayer. I vote yes on prayer. <laughs> it needs to be a reality. We are called by Christ not to ponder possibilities and hopes, but to take up our bed and walk, as we just heard Christ say to the paralytic. It is time for the Lord and for us to act. Part of this action involves the sign of the cross. Make the sign of the precious cross when you pray. Without it, you will never find the joy of true prayer, for through the cross, joy has come into all the world. Do not fritter about in times of prayer. Worrying whether your clothes are just so, the lights are just right, the candles properly arranged, the incense going just right, your books are all in order. I love this line. When it is time to pray, pray. When it is time to pray, pray. If too many words, including those of this little text, distract or confuse your heart, remember that the whole of paradise the whole paradise of prayer is contained in the cry of the tax collector, God be merciful to me a sinner. By such a prayer of divine simplicity many have attained the kingdom of God. If we wish to pray then let us begin by combating anger, defeating lust, and destroying pride. Anger against our brother is a poison to prayer, a poison more potent than almost any other. If, when we pray, we discover such an anger in our heart, we must combat it immediately. If we find that we are angry with one person or another when we strive to pray, let us direct our prayer against that passion by praying for the person against whom we have sinned. If we are worried for this one or that, let us remember him especially in our prayer. In this way, prayer calms the passions that prevent the deeper contemplation of God. If we wish to pray in the Spirit, but make no attempt to purify ourselves through ascesis, through ascetic practices, can we expect any fruits for our labors? Where arrogance and pride lead, prayer does not follow. But it is never too late to make a beginning in repentance 
And so it is never too late to begin to pray. Though the aim of prayer may be lofty and high, this does not mean it is unattainable. For what is impossible for men is possible with God. The human creature is promised the kingdom. You are called to the fullness of true prayer. Let your encouragement always be the living example of the elder Joseph of Egypt, whose disciple asking about the extent of the Christian life was glorified with the vision of the elder transformed in light and fire, speaking, speaking to you as much to him. And elder Joseph of Egypt rose out of his chair when his disciple asked him about the heights of the Christian life and flames came out of his fingers and he said, if only you would will it, you could become all flame. Why? Because God is fire, and if God is living within us, we become like Him. Let your heart be clear on this point, for by misunderstanding many are led astray. In fostering the beginnings of prayer toward its ripe flowering, you do not seek the supernatural. We do not pray in order to accomplish magic tricks. Okay? It's about relationship. But Bishop Irene says, you do not seek the supernatural. You seek, rather, the truly natural. You seek the heart's true home. If your heart is restless, brothers and sisters, if your heart feels homeless, then it is time to start praying. It is time to go into the presence of the Lord and close the doors around you, the distractions of your mind, and go before the Lord and say, Here I am, Lord. Forgive me, save me, have mercy on me. The most important thing about prayer is that we do it. Like the Nike slogan, just do it. Don't worry about the form. If you need help, by all means, feel free to ask. But go with a pure and sincere heart and be authentic before God and be repentant. And if you have been lazy in your prayer, if you've been slacking in your prayer, not doing it as often as you should, or maybe not feeling good about the way you've been doing it, it's time to make a new beginning. It's time to take our hearts to their true homes. I think it was St. Augustine who said, My heart is restless, O Lord, and it will not find rest until it finds Thee, O Lord. Brothers and sisters, during this Lenten season, may we all make a good beginning of a life of prayer. And in so doing, may we draw near to the uncreated God and be filled with His light, His life, His love, and His energy. And may we all become flames of the Holy Spirit, that we may spend all of eternity praising and blessing the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Amen.